The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Bite of Reality with Mark the Shark on America's Web Radio. Good afternoon this afternoon. Boy, I'll tell you, what a Friday, what a Friday. You know, all week long we wait till Friday. It's that day when you just want to sit back, relax, and then do your show. But I look at it, Friday is a different day for me. I know especially now down the northeast is expecting Izzy. No, that's not your grandfather coming for lunch. Izzy is supposedly a storm that's going to whack the Northeast, and maybe Georgia might even get snow. I know you guys have some problems when you get three snowflakes together. The whole city panics and brings it to a screeching halt. And then you got cities like Buffalo that get 13 feet, and they're like, huh, it's a dusting. But anyway, I wanted to start off the show, as I usually do, get back to my regular kind of format here, bring you back to something I usually like to inform my listeners of something. I want you to take something away from what I do. And something from something is probably something, but it could be nothing if it's not anything. So that sounds like the Kamala Harris interview, but let me bring you back to the first thing that struck me this week with all of these things that were going on, with all of these people talking to you and telling you what was going on. I listened to our elected officials, and the one word that kills me, And I don't know if it bothers anybody else, but there's one word that kills me. The word is context. So I actually went to, I followed Kamala Harris, President Harris's uh, advice, and went to Google. And I looked it up. And I looked at Miriam Webster, and guess what Miriam said to me? Well, she didn't say to me, but she typed it out on the screen. She said, the parts of a discourse that surround a word or passage and can throw light on its meaning." And then they gave a second definition. The interrelated conditions in which something exists or occurs. Environment, setting, the historical context of the war. So I ask you, do you need context? Do you need things like that? Do you need some context for a statement that somebody made that was idiotic or stupid, moronic, or factually inconsistent with the reality that the rest of us live in? Hence the phrase, bite of reality. If that's the case, the next time somebody says to you, you need context or it's missing context, tell them, you see that thing on top of my shoulders? It's more than a hat stand. You need to get back to America. America used to use its brain. America figured things out. America was smart. We were not panicky. We were not stupid people. We didn't need anyone to tell us what was going on. If you said to me, hey, that blanket is green, I don't need context to know that a blanket is a cloth material that you put sometimes on a bed that keeps you warm because it traps air around its facilities. I don't need you to tell me that. Okay? I don't need you to tell me what the structure of a blanket is. I can look at the blanket and know it's green. So when somebody says to you from now on, it needs context, tell them to shut up. Tell them I'm not an idiot. I'm not a moron. I can figure out the context. And honestly, If you need more context, then go get it. If somebody says something stupid and you need to prove that it's stupid, go get the context. Look it up yourself. This week I spent a lot of time trying to digest a lot of what's happened over the last two and a half years with this country. And 
One of the big things that I'm taking away from this entire whole concept of what happened with COVID-19 was the fact of fear. What do you see from this COVID-19? America has never been a fearful nation. We've faced a lot of things. We faced World War I. We faced World War II, which incidentally, if we didn't get involved in the rest of the world, would be speaking German. But that's neither here nor there. Thank you, legendary Dave, for that service. But to all our veterans out there, you understand the concept of fear. Fear is something different to each person. But let me give you an idea. There was a, a Dr. Paul Ekman. He began his research on facial expressions, body movements, and fear in 1954. And from 1971 to 74, or 2004, I should say, Dr. Ekman worked as a professor at the University of California in San Francisco. And he continued to publish a lot of influential and best-selling books, articles about facial expressions, and more to the point, what I'm looking at is emotions and deception. So fear is one of the seven, according to Dr. Ekman, fear is one of the seven universal emotions experienced by everyone around the world. Fear arises with the threat of harm, either physical or emotional or psychological, real or imagined. And while traditionally considered a negative emotion, fear actually serves an important purpose. It really does. It serves a role in keeping us safe as it mobilizes us and we begin to cope with a potential danger. That's what we do. We fear a danger. You see a snake, you're fearful of the snake. You know the next time you see that snake, to stay away from it. But there also is the feeling of fear. And interestingly enough, there was something called the family of fearful experiences. There are three kind of intensities or three kind of concepts in the feelings of fear. First one is intensity. Or how severe is the harm? Is it is it threatened? Is it real? The second one is timing. Is the harm immediate or is the harm impending? And more to the point, how long is that harm going to last? How long is that injury going to last? Being of timing. And also coping. What actions could we take? How do we reduce it? If it's a snake, we run away. If it's a giraffe, we don't run away. If it's a lion, we hightail it out of there because we're going to be eaten. Whether or not you're the one good thing about being chased by a lion and being fearful is that your fear will only last a few seconds because you will probably be dinner for the lion. But I digress for a second. So we are able to cope with a threat, and these then become a removal factor for fear. Alternatively, when we are helpless to decrease the threat of harm, Dr. Atman has come out and said, this intensifies the fear. Now we know this now. But what's interesting is he also hypothesized and proved that a persistent fear can sometimes be referred to as an anxiety, that we feel constantly worried without knowing why. And the inability to identify the trigger prevents us from being able to remove ourselves or actual threat from the situation. But everybody understands, yes, anxiety is a common experience for many people. It can be considered a disorder when it is recurrent, persistent, intense, and interferes with the basic life tasks such as work and sleep, according to Dr. Paul Ekman. But let me bring it back to what I was discussing with you last week. 
is what is the purpose of what the government is doing now? What are they doing to us? Are they putting us in a position to be fearful all the time? Is your government creating anxiety? Is this a problem? I think it is a problem. And I think what's happening is the government needs to understand to stop putting its people into a fear mode. When you're in a fear mode, you're going to be anxious. When you're anxious, people are wound up too tight. It can't be like that for much longer. We really, we cannot last as a country, let alone as a person individually, with so much fear and anxiety. They literally closed down everything that we knew and took everything away from us. And that created fear. And from that fear, what happened? We began to get wound up tighter and tighter as a society. And as a society now, we're angry. We're divided. Now, we we came a lot of times to the show, and we have a lot of political views, as you know, those of you who have listened before, all five of you. But you got to look at an arsonist who goes to a fire. He feels a kind of gratification. I'm trying to figure out here where the gratification is. Where is that gratification that we're looking for? Everybody in their daily life tries to find that gratification, some immediate gratification, some long-term. But what I'm trying to figure out is where is that position? So we look at what the administration was doing. You know, every week I try to find some kind of positive thing to bring to you because nobody likes to be negative every week. Week after week, we've been negative. It's getting to the point where I'm becoming the negative guy, and I really didn't want to be that guy. As one of my friends says, I'm not that guy. But let me bring it to the system's broken, okay? Can we all admit, you know, everybody, the system is broken, whether it's the government system, whether it's the health system, whether it's pretty much everything run by the government. It's broken from international to domestic. So what do we have here? We have a bunch of people running this country that have no clue as to how to get things done. Now, what do I mean by that? You know, I, I made a list the other day of things that were what I would consider to be out of control completely. And what apparently nobody seems to be doing anything other than giving speeches is you have people in Congress, you have people in the Senate, you have the executive branch, and you have the the judicial branch, which is our court system. So I watch and I listen and I learn from these guys. And some of these things that I see are really, it's, it's a historical problem that we're not addressing. It's day one problems. Maybe they used to have, you know, civics 101 or geometry 101, the basics of what's going on. So I ran down a little list here. And here's, here's part of the problems that I see initially that are just not being addressed. We're paying attention to the frame and not the picture. This is what's going on here. If America is a picture hanging on a wall, we're looking at the frame. We have no idea what the picture's doing. And what do I mean by that? Look at crime. Crime is out of control. For those of you who live in any kind of city, any kind of civilized area, anything of that nature, it's out of control. It's completely out of control. For instance, 
carjackings up, up this year. Carjackings, 91 in Philadelphia, New York City, 20, 70 in Chicago, 12 in Minneapolis. These are, these are absolutely unsustainable numbers. You are going to get people to start getting nasty. People are going to turn around and say, the most basic decision of a government is to protect its people. They have not been doing that. They have completely lost their ability to do that. What I don't understand is why. And more importantly, how did we do that? And I'll point to another picture. Part of it, and I think part of it has to do with the media. And yes, I'm going to put big blame on the media. Let me let me change that. I'm going to put a tremendous amount of blame on the media because the media is biggest is their biggest problem that's going on right now. Part of that problem is they give people bad information. Remember when they used to say, "Here's Roger Grinsby and here down to news," and Roger Grinsby gave you the news, and when it became an opinion, he let you know it was an opinion. They didn't take the news and clean it up, make it into their political division. What side of the fence are they on? Let me give it to you that way. They never did that before. So what I'm going to do is, after the break, what I'm going to try to do is give you a couple of examples of things that went on. And I'll use a horrific incident in Waukesha that happened. We all knew about that when that moron, and I'm not even going to use his name, plowed into those people and killed a whole bunch of them, injured 62 of them. I mean, this was outrageous. He was out on a $1,000 bail after a 10-year criminal record. But I'm going to give you the examples right after the break. So see you right after on the other side of this break. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with Bite of Reality on America's Web Radio, and you're listening to Mark the Shark. So again, right before the break we went, I was trying to explain to you exactly how we've lost control of things. And I blamed it a lot on the media. And probably the media holds probably 80% of what's going on. The liberals hold the other 20% full and full fair faith. I mean, it's just bizarre. You know... This maniac ran through a Christmas parade. And this was the top headline in the Washington Post. And listen carefully to what it says here. It says, and I quote, After SUV slammed into Wisconsin parade and killed five, driver to be charged with homicide. That was November 22nd. And just so you don't think it's a one-off with the Washington Post, let me go to CNN. CNN says a sixth victim has died after the Waukesha Christmas Parade crash, prosecutors say. A parade crash. 
And all the magazines and all the headlines, I've lost complete faith and credibility in the USA Today with their pedophilia incident this week. They said, on November 23rd, they said, Waukesha Parade Crash Suspect Captured on Doorbell Camera Shortly After Crash. I mean, am, am I really understanding that this was the headline when an some criminal, a career criminal, mind you, ran through a Christmas Day parade killing all these people, and we were okay with that. Everything seemed fine. It was just an SUV crash. Does it sound like to anybody else other than me that that vehicle was the felon? That that poor guy was just behind the wheel and the car just went berserk? Because that's what it sure sounds like to me. That's what they wrote it up as. This is why you can't get a straight story from anybody. You know, I keep hearing on all these media outlets, Twitter and all these other. In fact, I got flagged on uh, Facebook. A post I put up was missing context. Listen, if you're an idiot, don't read my post. If you're a moron and you need context, go get it. Don't look for me to give you the entire statute of limitations or some other gobbledygook in law or some other state of facts leading up to it, the history of why it's a crime. It's a fact. I stated a fact. You disagree? That's fine. You don't disagree? That's fine. You know, these these media outlets have gone completely off the bizarre end of the world, and they really need to bring it back in because... The people have lost their ability to listen to garbage. They really have. You know, I listened yesterday to a show which I really, it kind of makes my ears bleed sometimes. And I looked at, you know, some of the, some of the questions that were asked by the Supreme Court before they came out with this brilliant idea about uh, splitting the vote. And I guess I'll talk about that next is, Some of the stuff in the questions that, you know, really gives me some angst by our Supreme Court people is Justice Sotomayor, for instance, okay? If you don't know who she is, she's pretty much the liberal liberal. She came out of New York, need I say more? Bluer than blue. So she says there were a 100,000 children in hospitals from COVID on respirators. Completely missing context? No, it's wrong. It's completely wrong. These are the people who are making decisions on these cases. You should at least have your facts straight. And here's my other question. I've been before courts many times. I'm doing this for 33 years as a litigation attorney. I usually don't get judges making political speeches during hearings. If a judge has a question, he's going to ask you a question. He's not going to make a statement. He's not going to get into the political arena and see whether or not it's the liberal side or the conservative side. No. What the judge is going to do is get to the facts, get to what needs to be done. You know, the fact that she went out and stated something so bad, and then I loved it after that, again, our bright media comes out and misquotes Justice Kavanaugh. That makes him look as stupid as Sotomayor. 
So the transcript that I read, unfortunately, doesn't say that. It doesn't say what they said. They said it just was, it was about a hundred thousand or a thousand. A thousand, it said a hundred or a thousand, not a hundred thousand. So they misquoted him. Maybe they were wrong. Maybe they misread it. But again, there are too many mistakes made by media that are inconsequential. No, they're very consequential because they're completely wrong. So from that standpoint, our media really needs to take a step back. And the second thing I did this week is I spent some time looking at Joe Biden's voting rights speech. Uh, on Wednesday, Joe Biden really kind of, I don't want to say fumbled the ball. I don't even think he got the ball. He really completely missed an opportunity to turn around this country and bring it back together. And in fact, a lot of the pundits, even in his own party, were turning around and saying, are you kidding me, Joe? You got to get used to saying something that's true. I don't know who's writing his scripts. I don't know what's going on. But I can tell you I've read the voting rights bill, the John Lewis bill, as they call it. It honestly has nothing to do with voting rights. And if Joe needs to learn about voting rights, he should look at the voting rights in Georgia that are in place and the voting rights in Delaware. Because the voting rights in Delaware are a lot less voter-friendly than they are in Georgia. I'm talking tremendous amount. Georgia allows early voting. It allows late voting. The polls are open. So you can't serve things that, that say food on them from this candidate? Well, gee, there's a surprise. I can't stand at the voting booth while you're pulling the levers and pushing the buttons or sliding your paper in as we do now and tell you who to vote for. That doesn't work either. But there's nothing in this voting rights bill that actually has to do with voting rights. They should call it the vote stealing bill because it makes things that are so ridiculous. Let's take, for instance, think about it. Try getting on an airplane next time without a license. No photo ID. Try getting into the White House without a photo ID. Okay? Try getting into the Capitol building. Well, try getting into the Capitol building at all. But you're going to need a photo ID, aren't you? You bet your bottom you're going to need a photo ID. And you know what? When I go in somewhere, they want me, I want to hand a check to a teller. I have to sign that check, don't I? And if I want to take money out, I have to show photo ID, don't I? So can I ask somebody something really stupid, and maybe it's missing context because I couldn't figure it out? Why would you not want ID in a voting bill? Why would you not want to ID people who come to vote? And here's another brilliant idea. They want to make it where they can harvest the ballots. So me and my conservative buddies are going to go over to the nursing home. And we're going to say, Auntie Rose and uh, Grandma Jackson, we're going to take your votes for you. We'll take care of that for you. Just tell me who you want to vote for. I'll fill it out for you. Because you don't need a signature either. So I'm going to collect 4,000 votes from these nursing homes. And I'm going to fill them out for you. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it for you. I have a pen in my car. I'll just take it out there. So now they want to do that. They want to have ballot harvesting. Brilliant idea to be able to steal an election. So now everybody's going to be running all over the place. Take the votes. Get the votes. Bingo. So I'm going to steal all those votes. Now, 
I don't even need to sign an absentee ballot is what they want. This is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. They want to do mass mailings of ballots without, they want to do the COVID-19 switcheroo thing again, where they're going to send out a hundred billion ballots, hundred million ballots, sorry. We're not close to China yet. We're getting there. So they want to send out all these ballots, unsolicited mail out ballots or mail in ballots, however you want to call it, depends on which way it's going for no reason at all. Secondly, in a lot of these democratic blue cities, New York just did it. And I spoke about it last week. They are now allowing 800,000 illegal aliens, non-citizens, whatever you want to call them. I'll put the context in later to vote in local elections. Can I ask someone, how long do you think it's going to be before they begin voting in the federal elections? Not much longer. And that's what they're looking for. They're looking for that 2022 again. You know, if your party has no ideas and it has no response to what's going on, you got a problem. So when Biden said yesterday in his speech, as long as there's a breath in him, he's going to keep trying to get this voting bill passed. That is the other shoe. The other, the other side of this issue is he wants to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate. Now, why do they want to get rid of the filibuster in the Senate? Interesting question, isn't it? It's been there for years and years and years. It's always been the rule. Because you don't want what's called a banana republic, as Schumer put it. Yeah, these are the same guys, Schumer, Biden. These are the same people who argued back in 07 and 06 not to change the filibuster. And before that and after that, not to change the filibuster because it makes it a banana republic rubber stamp, as Schumer put it. He's the uh, Senate chairman out of New York, in case you're wondering. But the problem is here is usually pancakes flip upside down. But usually if you take a position, unless the facts change, that's the position you should stand with. Be a man. But no, 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 no. They see an opportunity here to change voting around forever. Okay. And you can just kind of tell where they're going with this because they know they're in for a shellacking in 2022. It's pretty clear. I mean, you got a party in power. They've gone so far left. If this is the flat earth community, they'd be off the map, but they don't seem to care. If something's not working, you change what you're doing. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and trying a different result. You know, we talked about crime. You know, the old saying, it's the economy stupid. Okay. How about the daily issues? Everything that we're facing right now, inflation, 9% inflation, empty shelves. Yeah. The supply chain's fixed. Where? Where is the supply chain fixed? You know, I, I told you last, last week, I said, you can get cream cheese? No, I can get nuclear weapons easier than I can get cream cheese in the United States now under Biden. And granted, you know what? It's not all his fault. But you know what? If you're an idiot and you don't have that brain power, then get someone else to do it. Get people around you that do that. I mean, listen, he went to Georgia. He gave that big speech in Georgia. And he came up with, 
less than zero. Stacey Abrams, the big voter ballot person, civil rights, woo! She dissed them. She didn't show up. And neither did a bunch of civil rights activists. So I'm going to speak about his, his speech on Wednesday in a few minutes right after this break. And we'll be right back. We'll see you on the other side. Hey, folks, this is Victor with the On Point with Victor show. Make sure you listen every Tuesday, 1 to 2, only right here on America's Web Radio, the On Point with Victor show. Remember, folks, I'm not angry. I'm just right. And you can find out why every Tuesday from 1 to 2, the On Point with Victor show, only right here on America's Web Radio. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with Bite of Reality on America's Web Radio with Mark the Shark. So right before the break, we were going over a little bit about Joe Biden's speech. And what I found is that his speech was really an affront against America. It was an attack on America. And that was something that I've never seen before of a president doing that. It was pretty bizarre. And I, I saw a lot of things in his speech that made him very, very angry. And through the magic of media and through the magic of our brand new technology in America's web radio, we were able to tap in to Joe Biden's subconscious right before the speech. And what I'd like to do now is if we could play that that concept that we got from his brain. It was sort of brain waves that were coming through the air, and we were able to capture them. So I'd like to go ahead and play that track right now that we have. Let's go for it. Oh, sorry, Joe. I forgot to take my mask off. Joe, this is your subconscious speaking. Wake up, Joe. Stay awake. Come on, focus, Joe. Focus. Come on, you can do it. We'll go first. We'll have to, Joe. Okay. See that little magic little card in front of you, Joe? Just read the words off the card. That's it, Joe. Good, good, good. And when you're done, don't answer any questions, because we don't have any answers. Well, it's kind of roomy in here. Kind of empty. Maybe need some furniture up here. Okay, I'm going to put my mask back on now, Joe. Don't forget your mask. <laughs> so, now that we've got that... We just heard Joe Biden's subconscious. It was pretty amazing for me. But it really explains a lot about what's going on inside. You know, that attack on America, it, it took the narrative too far. But again, it was a fake narrative. It was a completely fake narrative. 
even though he doesn't know what's going on in his own life, neither does he know what's going on in America. His attack was a complete fake lie. It was made up. There is no subversion of the election. I don't even think he knows what that means. And based on the waves that we were getting from his brain and what he was thinking, I could tell that he didn't know what it meant. But somebody put it up on that teleprompter. Ding! And there it was. So he said, as long as there's a breath in him, he's going to keep trying to get this done. Listen, as I said earlier, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and trying to get a different result. You know, Joe, just some helpful advice every once in a while. Maybe we'll have like an advice column for Joe Biden from the show. Is first off, what I do is get rid of your national security advisor, Jake Sullivan. Maybe get a fifth grader who knows how to play with army men because you have dug yourself a hole with the Ukraine-Russia experiment. It's not working. And I know, Joe, after your phenomenal success in Afghanistan, which, by the way, I didn't forget about, we blew that division. We left $88 billion worth of materials. Guess what? The finest equipment in the world now being reverse-engineered? sold on the black market. And unfortunately, if we ever have to go back into Afghanistan, we're going to be facing our own night vision goggles. I mean, this is just insanity. But after that fantastic exit that he thought was a success, if I'm sitting there, I'm Putin, I'm saying, I'm going to just walk into Ukraine and they're not going to do a darn thing. Not a darn thing. You know... Part of what government fails to understand in this regime, and it is a regime because it doesn't seem to be paying attention to what America wants. It's a regime of la-la land. It's a fantasy land. They have people who are in this government right now running our world that have no idea what reality is about. You know, I had somebody tell me the other day that I'm not a globalist. I'm an American guy. I have no idea what's going on outside of these walls of America. Well, we don't have walls of America, first of all. I don't even want to get started on that again. If we let any more people in on the border, we might as well just let Mexico in. This is outrageous at this point. How many millions of people, how many millions of people are coming into this country without COVID vaccines? Where's their vaccine ID? If I go to a restaurant in New York, I need a vaccine ID to get in the door. But yet, hey, in Manhattan, you need an ID to get in. To get into a building, you need an ID to get in. But at the southern border, you don't need a thing. Just come on in. And here's the other thing that we're still doing. We're still breaking the federal law. We're moving these people all over the country in the middle of the night. They just brought a busload of them, many busloads, actually a plane load of them, up to Pennsylvania. That governor, he wants to know how many went to Delaware. I'm betting none. You know why? Because Delaware doesn't want them in their schools because their schools are not stressed out. Everybody else's schools, they brought up to Long Island, New York. They don't speak English. So now you have to have English as second language professors and, and teachers. You have to bring them up to speed. You have to take care of them. You have to give them housing. This is a debacle. This is a complete 
failure of this administration to address the border. But let's throw some other good numbers out there. Let me see. Uh, this week, uh, China is now only $20 billion short on their agreement that Trump made to buy American goods. And that was the 2020 agreement with Trump. And Biden's pretty much clueless on that. But one of the most interesting things that I found this week is that (laughs) the NBC Kamala Harris interview, and oh my goodness, I wish I could get brainwaves off of her. Well, the only problem would be it'd probably just be dead air. So it really wouldn't do any good. I was just thinking about that. And and deep thought here, the answer is always number 42. I watched this interview on NBC, and I have to tell you, it was embarrassing for this country, not just for her. We all pretty much came to the conclusion that she's in the witness protection program and totally inept at doing anything other than her job, which is we're not sure. She has nothing to do. Biden has given her everything to do, and she's gotten nothing done. But she had this interview on NBC, which was pretty... Let's just say that NBC is not exactly a hard-hitting conservative newspaper, and I think we can all agree on that. They threw more softballs at her than a girl's softball game. But we look at it, and I saw this. She could not even answer the basic questions. I mean, really basic questions. Now, she said... She was asked about masks. She said, well, the CDC is making the decisions. That's not my decision. But what are your decisions? The CDC the other day just said, again, that cloth masks are pretty much ineffective against the new variant. Okay, so let's get back to that. So now the new variant, it's ineffective because it's so infectious. What made us think before that? that any one of these stupid masks that were kind of like taking a chain-link fence and trying to stop a mosquito from getting in your backyard. The microparticles, the nanoparticles, it it, it doesn't match. A a cloth mask is useless. So now they're saying, let's get some regular masks out. We're going to get 700 million masks out, she said. That's the number she thought that were available. Last I heard, there was roughly 350 million people in the United States. So when you look at what she's talking about and what the real world is talking about, there's a real difference. This is the vice president of the United States. Should you not have that information? And he was the big bozo of the week. What is that? They call that the Pinocchio Awards. Pinocchio Award. She said 500 million masks are going out next week. Well, here's the problem. She had no clue that they're not going out next week. In fact, they may not even be here till February. But this is part of this administration's modus operandi. And if you don't know what that means, you can look it up. What that is, is that they are reactive. They are not proactive. One of the things that you learn about being in business, if you want to be in business for a while, is you've got to learn to be proactive. You cannot be reactive. And that's maybe Joe Biden, 50 years in the Senate, and Kamala Harris screwing up everything that she ever put her hands on. She was a checkbox vice president, let's be honest. So the question was asked by the NBC reporter, which I thought was phenomenal. And you ever want to see anybody dance? You know, if if you can't 
baffle him with brilliance, you dazzle him with B. So let's just say there were more bees flying around that room from Kamala Harris's interview. I could make my own honey hive. So what happens? She says, well, why didn't you have the masks ready to go? Well, we're focused on doing what we do, what we do every day. We're doing it today and we do it every day. That didn't answer the question. In fact, that didn't even come close to answering the question. But in essence, it really did answer the question because they have no clue what they're doing. They didn't anticipate that there would be a variant. Every virus is a variant. Every virus has the variants. This is a long-standing history. It's We go through this every year with the flu. Do we not? It's a different variant. This is what viruses do. They replicate very quickly, and they vary. So what happens? A new variant comes out. It could be more infectious. It could be less infectious. It could be more virulent. There's a whole series, and it's a little beyond my knowledge as to the medical reasons why and the chemical reactions on the spike proteins. It's a little beyond me at that point. But what I would like to do is, why are you the vice president and you have no idea what you're doing? And you're in charge of this. Wasn't she the czar? She's the czar of what, Russia? Because that ain't working out either. Well, actually, Russia's doing very well. They're about to invade Ukraine. So, but then the voting rights bill that she was also supposed to be the point person on, but she's having trouble being a point person on anything. I think from the witness protection program, it's difficult to do anything. But then, you know, we'll change subjects a little bit here, and we're going to look at this Build Back Broke program. Uh, Build Back Broke is broken. I think it's done for now. Um, You know, like I said earlier, Biden and Schumer all railed against the you know, getting rid of the filibuster when they were not in power. And it's because they recognize it. They know what it does. The purpose of having 60 votes is so you don't have a rubber stamp on anything you want to get done. You don't want that garbage. This is not what America puts people in office for. We want compromise, something that's gone. You know, the great uniter or uniter, uniter, it's a new word. The great uniter, Joe Biden, has become the great divider. There's nothing that he says lately that does anything other than pit person against person. It's just, according to Schumer, you know, we're going to get this done. We're going to take a vote. Now, they don't have the numbers. They don't have it. It's just not there. Cinema and Mansion, kudos to them for not bending I just, you know, there's, there is sanity on the Democratic Party. And I'm sure, honestly, between me and you, there's probably a lot of other Democrats that are saying this is a really bad idea, but they stamped the ticket. Joe Biden's pushing for this. This is what they want to do. What they totally do understand that is if they do do this in 2022, they're going to be routed. And in 2022, when that happens, now that filibuster is no longer there, the founding fathers were pretty darn smart. You know, as Ben Franklin said, you have a democratic republic if you can keep it. So they put certain rules in. 
rules to keep that democratic republic to make it more fair for everyone so that the majority didn't rule everything and didn't run it like a banana republic. This is not Cuba. This is not Russia. This is not China. Let's get to the bottom line. 60 votes has got to stay. So we'll be right back after this brief commercial message. Do you love classic and special interest cars? If so, listen to our podcast every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on America's Web Radio. Or find us on your favorite podcast site, iTunes, Spotify, or any of the others out there. We'll talk about classic cars. We'll talk to car guys. We'll talk to clubs that are here at our facility here in Classic Auto Mall. And we'll also talk about Classic Auto Mall and how we can help you sell your classic or special interest car. So give us a listen every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Thanks. If you have lost a loved one and were left with a firearms collection and are not sure how to dispose of them safely, or you may have firearms you no longer want, this message is for you. I am a licensed FFL firearms dealer in the state of Florida, specializing in estate firearm purchases. It is very important that all firearm transactions be handled according to state and federal laws. You can contact me for information at firearmliquidationservice at outlook.com, or you can call or text me at 407-921-8100-247 and ask for James. Again, for information contact me at Firearm Liquidation Service at Outlook.com or call or text me at 407-921-8100. All communications are strictly confidential. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to Bite of Reality on America's Web Radio with Mark the Shark. Sorry about that dead air there for a second. It's the Biden administration trying to cut in. Must have been his brainwaves left over. So there is one thing I wanted to to get to right before I saw my notes here that I had made during the week. That the NBC interview, although probably one of the, that should be on, unfortunately, Bob Saget did pass away. But he would have put this on America's Funniest Home Videos. He really would have. That's the kind of humor he had. Vice President Harris, sometimes referred to by Biden as President Harris, said that those who voted against the Voting Rights Act, who were going to be against it, the 50 Republicans, for the free and fair elections in America, she said no one should be absolved from this. I'm sorry, St. Harris, did you say no one should be absolved? Meanwhile, during that same interview, St. Harris turns around and says, probably the funniest answer to any question I've ever heard of, is she was asked a question, which kind of surprised me too, but you would have figured she would have been prepped for this because it's been all over the media. They turned around and she said, she was asked whether or not she believed that there would be a Biden-Harris ticket in 2024. And that she heard that there was going to be a, a Biden, <laughs> a Biden different vice president ticket and maybe Liz Cheney, which would be hysterical. That would be hysterical because Biden at that time would definitely be referring to her as president, president Cheney all the time. She didn't read the article. She didn't see the interviews. She didn't see the pundits. And here was the best. I don't care about those things anyway. I could care less about the pundits. Well, you know what's great about the Biden administration is 
they haven't really had to worry about the pundits because the pundits have been covering for them. Been covering them since day one. So I just want to touch base a little bit about, you know, bringing it up. You want to talk about dysfunctional government. I'll give you just a, a perfect example of how broken this government is. This week, the House members received their KN95 masks, you know, because they needed new masks because of the uh, COVID. You know, they think that that's going to save their lives, even though everybody who's been vaccinated is getting it. Everybody who hasn't been vaccinated is getting it. And it doesn't seem to be killing as many people, which is they're really kind of bummed out about because it's killing their whole narrative. But right on the masks, the KN95 masks, in big, bold letters, it says made in China. You know, you cannot make this stuff up. If you had to put an advertising poster up for I'm with stupid, it would be the people who are running this country lately. Why in God's name would you buy masks from China when you know that they're going to stamp their name right on it, right on the front, right in front of the cameras every other day, made in China? It's just... I was looking for a positive, but this administration has failed on everything. You know, the other thing was, why are there no tests available? Where are the tests? Did you not know that COVID was here? Were you, you know, part of what this administration is trying to do is the Biden Biden routine. You know, listen, it worked for him during the election. Let's be honest. Staying in the basement was the best thing that he could have ever done. Because had the people in America seen what kind of a empty-headed soul this guy was, I'm not saying that he's a bad guy. He's Uncle Joe. He's the crazy uncle that you have at Thanksgiving, okay, who looks around and stares at you, reads the paper upside down, okay? That's Uncle Joe. But this guy is supposedly running America. We all know he's not, but he's supposed to be running America. So there are no texts. There's no tests anywhere. The 500 million tests are not out there. They're coming. They're not coming. They're coming next week, according to Kamala. But she doesn't know what's going on either. There's no focus whatsoever on monoclonal antibodies. There's been no recognition of natural immunities. Bringing me back for a second to the uh, the brilliance of the Supreme Court. And that was something that I found to be pretty amazing. Supreme Court basically came out this week, as most of you know, or you don't know, that there was a case of uh, Jason Payne versus Joe Biden and everyone else in the government, which was against the OSHA. And I was reading some of the things. Jason Payne, who was a federal civilian employee worker, he already had COVID-19, and he wasn't vaccinated. And he believes he has Antibodies, And in fact, what they'll probably do is they, they believe it's called natural immunity. Although Dr. Fauci doesn't understand natural immunity or won't recognize it. But he was, he was the, the interesting part of that is he recovered from it. So he did not want to take a vaccine. Now I'm hearing a lot of different things about the vaccine that, that may be linked to Parkinson's disease. You know, you hear things and you read things and you have to kind of take a step back and try to figure it out because the CDC is clueless. The CDC is basically 
busy telling everybody that you won't get magnetic from the vaccine and there are no trackers in it. You know, I talked about context before and you don't really need context out of that particular information to understand that the CDC is talking to rocks because we're, we're a little bit smarter than that as Americans slightly. So we don't buy that crap, you know, but in that case, in the OSHA case, they kind of said that, you know, you're looking at it and you're violating this guy's rights. You're mandating a vaccination for this guy as a conditional, as a condition for the federal civilian employment. And that's really not the job of OSHA. OSHA is an agency, and the Supreme Court, in essence, was very concerned that this agency would have something of a legislative power. They're there for an immediate problem, an immediate hazard. OSHA is not a legislative body. And the guy who's in charge of OSHA is not a legislature. He is not a representative of the people. So he had no business whatsoever setting forth any kind of mandate. It just didn't happen. So they cut that off. But understand these decisions out of the Supreme Court, the two recent decisions, and the OSHA case, and I'll talk about the other one next, is those are interim decisions. Those are immediate decisions back to the federal government to see if the stays are in effect. Now those two cases will now wind their way back through the federal courts. So the second case I want to just make a mention of is that second case of federal employees and Medicaid, Medicare facilities. Now, Medicaid and Medicare facilities, and again, there's a longstanding principle that hospitals and medical care facilities for the protection of their patients wanted their people to have like the flu vaccine. Okay. They mandated the flu vaccine. I understand that. That makes sense. Almost. Except this vaccine really isn't a vaccine. It's kind of like the personal vaccine because you could still get the vaccine. You can still get COVID. You can still transmit COVID. The only thing it's going to do is protect you from getting seriously hurt or dead. That's pretty much what the vaccine at this point, what my understanding is, that's what's going to happen. So it'll protect you, not anyone else, just you. So that decision was kind of inconsistent with the science in that case, but there was more of a nexus for them to keep control of a federal facility. But then the next question is, does that go to universities that get federal funds? Can universities now do that? But I want to jump because we're getting close to the end of the show. I want to jump right now into the January 6th. I know you, you couldn't miss that one. You know, what keeps people in line? Fear. And I talked about it at the beginning of the show. Fear. Anxiety. That's what makes people fear the government. Fear us because we are the government. So now here's what's going on. You know, they yelled about sedition and they yelled about insurrection. No one's ever charged with insurrection, but now they finally have somebody who could, they can charge with seditious conspiracy. Now, my understanding is I, I saw the complaint. A bunch of the oath keepers are now indicted. Uh, 17 were arrested. 11 are charged with sedition and sedition is a conspiracy to overthrow the government. But there's a lot of things that you have to have in order to do that. And there's a lot of things that you need to figure out in order to be seditious. And that's you got to have an army. you got to have weapons. you got to have a modus. 
you have to have an operation. You just can't say, hey, we're going to take over the government. And in fact, there was a case in 1987 and 1988 called Fort Smith, Arkansas, out of Fort Smith, Arkansas. Um, and Portsmouth there, that case failed. And the reason why it failed is because they could not prove that these people had any intention of overthrowing the government, which is what sedition is. They didn't do that. You know, they brought up on the, the Rachel Maddow show. This is the first or second time I've heard her show, and I now know why I don't listen to it. She brought in the fact that the Serbian parliament was stormed. But when I saw the videos in the background, honestly, it looked more like the BLM riot. The BLM riots, burning cars in the background, burning buildings in the background, people running all over the place, didn't exactly look like January 6th to me. I didn't see anything burnt down. So what I have here is what very interesting in Mr. Rhodes' text that they released, it says, he writes, Trump is doing nothing except complaining. I see no intent by him to do anything. So the patriots are taking into their own hands. The January 6th Hanging Commission, did they not get that memo? Did they not see that text from their seditious people? So I want to know this January 6th committee when they're going to interview Nancy Pelosi because people, you know who was responsible for the Capitol security? Nancy Pelosi. I want to know why she didn't accept the 20,000 National Guard that was offered to protect the Capitol from our president, President Donald Trump. Why? But you know what? You'll never see that. And why didn't Mayor Bowser take that? You're not going to see those communications. Why? Because that hanging committee has already reached its conclusion. That's not a committee to investigate. It is a committee to find Donald Trump that he did something wrong. And the bottom line was he didn't. So January 6th commission, it's all about the fear factor, folks. Don't fall for it. But see, we've come to the end of the show and I want to thank everybody for listening. And, you know, again, my regrets and my sympathies for the Saget family for his passing of America's Funniest Home Videos. Um, he had an illustrious career, but, like, we all got to go sometime. Like this show, we got to go. So, until next time, you're listening to Bite of Reality with Mark the Shark. And thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.